0: Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we've been in Ecclesiastes for a couple of weeks now, the first couple of weeks we took the whole chapter, chapter 1 and chapter 2, there are only 12 chapters, so we'll get through the book relatively quickly, but tonight we will not look at all of Ecclesiastes 3, but just the first first few verses, the first 15 verses of it. this is going to be this is going to be fairly familiar to us. I, I preached this the first Sunday of the year and then it wasn't wasn't long before that or maybe a few weeks after that we looked at another passage in Ecclesiastes and that's when I said, you know Ecclesiastes is good. we need to just go through the whole book and so even though this is somewhat familiar to us we're going to look at Ecclesiastes 3 again. however, uh, there's probably not much different than I'm going to say tonight than what I said at the beginning of the year. And so if you've got a good memory, then this will all be uh, old to you. But if you don't have a good memory, this will all be new to you, at least at least my, my, my thoughts on it. But anyway, this is a good passage. This passage in Ecclesiastes 3, uh, there's a real popular song uh, from the 60s by the birds called Turn, Turn, Turn. Uh, and perhaps you have heard it, and it pretty much is this passage we're going to look at tonight. They kind of reorder some of the things a little bit so they fit uh, with, with the way the song is written, uh, but essentially this is the song, uh, in every season, turn, 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 you've heard that song before, perhaps uh, it's, a, it's a classic song, but it is from this very passage of scripture. So, let us pray and we will jump in. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that you help us to remember that everything happens in its time and everything is good in its time, dear Lord, even if it doesn't always appear to be the case, dear Lord, your word reminds us that there is a time and a season for everything under heaven. So I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us tonight and help us to to trust you whatever time we may be in, a good time or a bad time. Uh, Whatever it may be, dear Lord, in all times, let us seek you. So God, I pray that you'd be glorified. Hide me behind the cross as I try to preach and teach your word tonight. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There is an occasion for everything. And a time for every activity under heaven. Now, an activity under heaven is anything we do on this earth. So, anything that, that, that happens on this earth, there is an occasion for everything. Uh, even sometimes things that, that, that may not be, that may not seem good, that may not feel good, that may not look good, that may be difficult... Uh, There is a time for everything, and this is the the cycle of the world. These times of good, these times of bad, these times of blessing, these times of of difficulties. Whatever it may be, there are times that each one of us go through. And when we read through this list, we could probably all say of these things, Yep, I've been through that time, and I've been through that time. And we go through these times as we live our life. Verse 2 a time to give birth and a time to die. Now, we certainly know that that is true. Uh, everybody in here probably has, has uh, at least the women, uh, have, have given birth, and even uh, the young women, perhaps at some point in time, will give birth. And even if you have not given birth, you know someone who has given birth, maybe a friend or a family member, and that's a beautiful thing when a new life comes into the world. And so certainly, there is a time when when children are born, and a beautiful time it is. But on the flip side of that, there is also a time that death occurs, and that is often a sad time. We, we rejoice when a new child comes into the world, but oftentimes we are saddened when someone dies, but that is the cycle of life. At one point in time, we were all small children, and as we grow up, there will come the day in our life Then we will all die and leave this old world behind and that is the cycle of life there is a time for birth and there is a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot uh we understand that if you've ever planted a garden you you understand what that means if you've ever planted plants before you know what that means there are certain times of the year that you don't want to plant your garden you don't want to plant your garden too soon in the winter because everything will die and so you wait till the time when is the time When the spring weather gets here and the frost is gone, that's when it's prime time to begin to plant the things that you want to plant, your food and your garden or your your plants and your flower bed or whatever it may be. There is a time to plant. But then again, you also know that there is a time to uproot. There's a time when the garden stops producing, when it's got to the end of its life. There's a time when the flowers die, and that is simply the cycle of life. There is a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. Now, this killing, I guess, could take place in a variety of ways. Perhaps uh, is simply speaking of, 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 of food that we eat. Maybe we have animals. Maybe we raise animals, and we raise them and we take care of them. But at some point in time, if we're going to eat those animals, if we're raising them for a source of food, there will be a time that we must kill. And so there is a time for killing and there is a time to heal. Perhaps there is a time when people are sick, when things need to be healed, when people need to be healed, when our animals need to be healed, whatever it may be. There are times in our world and in our lives when killing is necessary, a time to tear down and a time to build. Perhaps you have uh, lived in an old house or have seen an old house that, At one point in time, it was built and it was beautiful and families lived there for for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 70 years. But inevitably, most houses over time will simply wear out. And there is a time that houses must be torn down or barns must be torn down, whatever it may be. There is a time when some things have served their purpose and they have served their purpose well, but there's a time perhaps when they are unsafe or no longer useful and there is a time to tear things down. But there's also a time to build. Sometimes, perhaps when you tear one thing down, it's because you're building something better. Perhaps the old home you're living in is, is beyond repair and it's time to tear it down and it's time to build a new one. So you can live there, or your family can live there for 50 more years to come. But there is a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, we certainly uh, understand that. There is a time for all of those things. There are times that we weep, and that's a good thing. And there are times when we laugh, and that's a good thing. But everything has a proper time. There are times, perhaps, when we realize this is not the right time to laugh or this is not the right time to weep. But at the same time, sometimes we weep at the happy occasion and laugh at the sad occasion. It's not uncommon, perhaps, if you are in a funeral service as you're talking about someone who has passed. Maybe a joke or a story is told. And, and very frequently you see people in the midst of a funeral service laughing. But you also people see people weeping or mourning. Sometimes at a wedding service, a time that is a happy time, you may see people uh weeping, or you, you you may see people crying because it's a joyous occasion, or maybe it's a sad occasion as parents watch their little girl going to be moving out of the house, or their little boy is going to be moving out of the house, even in the midst of the joyous occasions there's a time to weep, but there's a time for laughter, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, perhaps at those same weddings we dance in celebration we we celebrate the the marriage vows that have just been taken. Uh, Maybe the mother and father of the bride are dancing along and they're rejoicing. And then maybe they get the bill for the wedding and then they begin to mourn. Maybe even on that joyous occasion there's dancing and mourning. And there is a time for all of these things. Even the things that may seem bad, there's a time to do that. And it's important for us to remember that. That it's good for us to laugh and sometimes it is good for us to weep and mourn. And uh, we need to do these things at their proper time. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. Now this one is a little more difficult to know exactly what this means. You can uh, look in different commentaries and and they'll probably tell you just that, that it's difficult to know exactly uh, what this means. Perhaps it's... tearing stones down from a, from a wall, a stone wall that's been built or a stone structure that's been built. Uh, perhaps there's a time that you, you throw those things down. Perhaps there's a time you're building a structure and you have to gather stones to be able to build that structure. That's one uh, possibility that's sometimes suggested. Another possibility is that uh, perhaps this has to do with With soil that you want to plant a garden in, you can't plant a garden in rocky soil. Jesus tells us that in one of his parables. And so maybe you've got a a great spot, but it's full of big rocks or small rocks. And maybe, maybe they're big enough that you can get most of them out. So maybe you go through and you gather all those stones and you get them out of the ground that you want to plant a garden on. Perhaps there's another time that there's ground that's growing things that you don't want, and you don't want things to grow there, and so you say, "Well, we'll throw stones out there, and that will hinder things that are trying to grow there." Those are a couple of 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 possibilities that are sometimes suggested as to what the throwing and gathering of stones may mean. There's a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. Sometimes people simply need a good hug. There are sometimes when people in the midst of their struggles or hard times or or maybe it's a joyous occasion and you just want to tell somebody you love them. There's a time for an embrace. There's a time for a hug. But then at other times it's probably best to avoid embracing. Even though if you if you genuinely love somebody and you see them in their struggle they may not feel like a hug. There are probably times that you don't feel like a hug. You don't want nobody to hug you. Maybe maybe as a husband, you've you've done something to your wife or said something or know you've done something you shouldn't have done. Well, it's good to hug your wife, but if you done gone and messed up, then perhaps you need to just give her a distance. There's a time to embrace and there's a time to avoid embracing. And so we need to be careful that we know which time is which so that we don't embrace. And she says, get off of me. I don't want to have anything to do with you right now. Now, that never happens to any of the men in here, or vice versa. Perhaps it's the other way around. Perhaps the perhaps the wife wants to hug the, the husband, and, and he says, get away from me. I don't, I don't want to be around anybody right now. So sometimes we need people around us, and sometimes we need our space. Sometimes, though, when we think we need our space, what we really need is people around us. And so we need to ask God to help us to know uh, when we need to embrace and when we don't need to embrace. Embrace and, and maybe when we need to allow people to come near to us in our times of trouble, even if we don't feel like it, that may be what we very well need. A time to search and a time to count as lost. Now, there are probably, for all of us, things that we that we look for, that we search for, that we've, maybe we've lost. It, it, it's, it's, there's always something every once in a while that pops up. And I think I know where I put it because I know that I put it in a place that I would not lose it. But none of y'all have ever done that. You put something in a place and say, I'm going to put this right here because I know I won't forget it's here. And then I go look for it and I say, where did I put that? I thought I put it here. And there are some things that I search for and I find. That's great when you find. There are some things I have searched and searched and searched and searched for and never found. And at some point you just have to say, I'm never going to find this or you'll drive yourself crazy. You just have to say it is gone. I have lost it. So there is a time to search and we should search but then there comes a point where we need to count things as lost, where we just have to say, I've looked for this, and I can't find it, so I'm moving on with my life. I've lost whatever it is uh, that I was looking for. And a lot of times for me, when I quit looking for it, the next week I'll find it, and I'll be like, ah, oh, I should have remembered I put it there. So there's a time for searching and counting as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away. That's a good passage for us to remember. Uh, Perhaps we all have things that we want to keep and hold on to, and maybe for good reason. Maybe there are some things that that are worth keeping for a lifetime. Maybe there are other things that are worth having in their season, but they're not things that we need to hold on to forever. And so there are times that we need to keep things, but maybe only momentarily, and there are times when we need to throw away things. Now, that may be a little more difficult because we say, oh, I can't throw that away. I may need it, but... It may just be that we're gathering up a bunch of stuff that we're never going to use and certainly don't need. And so uh, maybe this is a good a good passage for us to remember when it gets spring cleaning time that we need to figure out what's worth keeping and we need to figure out what's worth throwing away. Oftentimes, if you go through that and you say, well, I'm going to make a pile of what I can keep and throw away. Oftentimes, you keep pile is just as big as when you started and you'll have about three things that ain't that that you got in your throwaway pile. Well, I don't need this old bread twist tie. I guess I can part with it. I don't I don't need this old paper towel holder. I guess I'll part with it. And the things you part with are trash. And the rest of the trash that you think you need to keep is trash too. But you decide you need to keep it. And so there's a time to do that, keep stuff. But there's a time you got you gotta purge. You gotta get some of the stuff out a time to tear and a time to sew anybody who's ever uh, done any 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 sewing you know that you, you want to sew things together you want to sew garments together you want to sew patches in whatever it may be and there is a time that things need to be sewn but there is also a time that things need to be torn out perhaps an old garment that's of no use but maybe some of the materials good maybe you need to tear something out that you've sewn maybe you made a mistake in what you were sewing and so sew Uh, if you sow that's good but if you sow bad then well there's a time you need to tear and if you don't ever tear and you're a bad sower then you're going to have a bunch of clothes or whatever it may be that ain't worth nothing and so there's a time to sow but there's a time to tear also a time to be silent and a time to speak perhaps this is the greatest uh, one of these things for us to remember uh, there is a time for both. How do you know when that time is? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I would say with the help of the Lord. Uh, inevitably, it seems as though the times that I need to be silent, I end up speaking, and the times that I need to speak, I, perhaps I don't have the courage. And so uh, perhaps too many times we speak more than we than we listen. And so uh, I, I think the only solution to that problem is say, okay, God, help me to see these times in my life and to know When do I need to be silent? And when do I need to speak out? There are times that we need to speak out, but we need to allow the Lord to guide us in those times to know when we need to speak out. And other times, even when we may be tempted to speak out, that may just simply be us wanting to say what we want to say. Uh, But maybe it's best if we keep silent. Perhaps we do that on the same time that we're avoiding embracing our spouse on a hard day. That That may be the day to keep silent in that as well. A time to love and a time to hate. Now, perhaps this one could throw people for a loop or they could they could misuse this to justify hating other people, but I certainly, when you look at the whole context of Scripture, uh, it'd be out of context to say, oh, ha, here's a verse that says I can hate people. Well, uh, I don't know that it's speaking about hating people, perhaps in the way that we are sometimes tempted to, uh, but there is a time to love. There are people we should love and things that we should love. But there's also time to hate. There are things that we should hate. There are things that we should not go along with. We see many of those things in our world today. Now, we certainly, as the old uh, saying goes, and it's, it's overused, but I suppose uh, it's, it's it's got some purpose, and that is uh, to love the sinner and to hate the sin. Now, we don't hate people just because they're sinners, because the fact of the matter is we are all people. But it's not wrong for us to look at the Word of God and look at things that go on maybe in our life or in the lives of those around us and say, that is sinful behavior. I hate what's going on. I hate that that, that abortion runs rampant in our culture. I hate that 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 people are are deceived and confused, and men think they want to be women, and women think they want to be men. I hate that that parents uh, push these these types of things onto their children. These are not good things. These are these are sinful things, and it's and it's right for us to hate these things and say we don't want to stand. For these things. And these are just a couple of examples, but there are plenty of sins, sins that you and I commit, or others commit, and and we should never love sin. We should always hate sin. Uh, We should certainly love God, we should love other people, and perhaps there are other things in our life that we love to some degree or another, and there is a time for that. But there is also a time to take a stand. There is also time to say, Look, I hate these things that are taking place a time for war and a time for peace. Now, it is inevitable uh, that in this world, as long as this world exists, there is going to be times of war and times of peace. That is never going to change. That has been throughout the Old Testament. That has been throughout all of Scripture. That has been throughout from the end of Scripture to this point, and it will always be, so long as this world exists, there will be wars that will take place. And so, uh, there's ups and downs, there's seasons of peace, and there's times of war. And uh, we've seen those in our lifetime, and those who have come before us have seen those wars. Sometimes they are far off, sometimes they are close to home, but there is a time for that. That is the cycle of the world, that is the cycle of life. There is a time for war, but there is a time for peace. Now, we long for those times of peace, but... Really, the only peace that we 're going to find is in the Lord, and the cause of 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 wars are for the sinful things that we desire. We see that in James chapter four. The reason we war and fight against one another is because of the evil desires that come from our heart that 's the first couple of verses of of james four and uh, and that's that 's because people are trying to find pleasure in things of the world and they 're trying to gain more money and they 're trying to gain more pleasure. Uh, and and the result is they war with one another so they can get more for themselves. But what the world needs more than money and power is the peace of God, and peace that we need is only found in God. And so perhaps God uses the times of war uh, so people will search for him and find true peace. God does things that don't really make sense to us uh, frequently in the scripture. He allowed his people to be overtaken by the Babylonians and and carried into captivity for 70 years. And what a a horrible thing that is that sometimes God allows his people to go through those things. But sometimes even in the midst of bad things like war and being captured, uh, that causes people to turn their focus to the Lord. Uh, and and God is good, and then instead of just destroying sinful people, he says, well, let me try to do something to get their attention so that they will turn back to me. And I believe God probably still allows those things to happen in our world today. Verse 9, what does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. Now, that's an interesting verse there, verse 11. He has made everything appropriate in its time. At the proper time, everything that occurs is appropriate. And so even some things that are difficult, even some things that are bad, God has made everything appropriate in its time. And so whatever we may go through in our lifetime and whatever those who come after us will go through, it's right in the time that God has allowed it to take place. Uh, he has also put eternity in their hearts. But man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. And so here's this idea that even in humanity, a humanity that may not even know who God is or rejects God, uh, many people who would reject God still feel like there's something bigger in this world. There's something more than what this world has to offer. God has placed that idea of something bigger, of that eternity in our hearts, but but even those who know God and seek God uh, we don't really understand maybe what that exactly looks like, even though God has put that in our hearts, man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end so god 's work is too is too big for us it's too great for us it's too amazing for us. I mean we understand God in a in a very limited way uh, because we just as humans we just can't We can't even fathom the grace of God and the glory of God and the power of God. And so even what we know is good, but what we know really pales in comparison to what we will know when we're in the presence of God. So even if we know that God is eternal, we still don't really know God for all that He is. Verse 12, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. Or enjoy the good things of life or enjoy uh, the good of life. Perhaps your translation say something a little different there. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. Now, we've already seen some similar language to that in the first two chapters. So when all is said and done, uh, all the good times and the bad times and all the different times that we have, there's this conclusion that he comes to that at the end of the day, life is full of struggles, and so just enjoy the life that you can. At the end of the day, you can sit down and you can eat and you can drink and you can enjoy the work of all of your efforts. And that's, that's really all we can look forward to. We need to find joy in those small things that God has blessed us with and be content in those things. Uh, verse 14, "'I know that all God does will last forever.'" There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is has already been, and whatever will be already is. God repeats what has passed. And this is a theme that we kind of see throughout the book as we see the phrase uh, from time to time, there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing going on in the world today that has never gone on in the world before. Some would say the world is worse now than it has ever been. Perhaps it is, but then again, perhaps it's not, because in the days of Noah, everybody in the world was evil, and all they thought about was evil thoughts all the time, the Scripture said, and there was only righteous Noah and his family, and all the rest of the world was evil. Now, we certainly hadn't got to that point again, where there's only a handful of righteous people left in the world, Maybe we'll get there at the rate we're going soon, or maybe not. Maybe we are in a bad season of this world's history, and there have been plenty of them, but perhaps there is a better season in this world coming. Maybe we will live to see it. Maybe we will not. But whatever has already been and whatever will be already is. History, essentially, it says, repeats itself. God repeats what has passed. A quick study of Scripture, a quick study of world history, and you will see that everything that occurs today, wars, famines, disease, plagues, whatever it may be, earthquakes, all of these things throughout the history of the world, you have seen them over and over again. And so when we see these things in our life, we are no different than whoever wrote the book of Ecclesiastes who saw the same things that we have seen. Now, you could read this book and you could say that somebody wrote it in 2023 and, and it would be hard to argue that they did because a lot of the things that are said here, they fit any generation. It doesn't matter what time period that this book is going to be read. The words are going to be true for every generation because nothing changes in this world. There is only one constant. And that, he points out in verse 14, I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God's, God works so that people will be in all of him. God is the constant. God is the one thing that does not change. No matter how much he blesses a people, no matter how bad things are for a people, no matter, no matter how evil a culture is or how godly a culture is, whatever whatever is going on in the world, God is still in control. God is the one constant. God does not change. God is all-powerful. He is almighty. He is the one in which we will draw strength from. He is the one in which we will gain salvation through Jesus Christ. And so the one constant and all the things that change under heaven, God does not change in heaven. And we need to remember that. So wherever we may be in this, in this walk in life and wherever whatever stage our world is in today or might be 10 years from now, uh, whatever it is, God will be with us. And we need to remember that because a lot of times we look at the world and we see all the bad and there is plenty of it. But there's lots of good that goes on in this world too. There's lots of good for the for the kingdom of God. You don't usually see those things on the news, but man, there's all kind of good things. There are a lot of people who love the Lord and who seek to serve him, and we need to realize what the author of Ecclesiastes is saying. The world don't have anything to offer. We're going to go through this life. We're going to have wealth. We're going to be poor. We're going to be famous. We're going we're gonna to be a nobody. You, you're going to live. You're going to die. Whatever it's going to be, this is life. These are going to be the times you go through. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. But at the end of it all, we will all stand before God. And that's what he says at the end of the book. When all is said and done, there's one thing that remains, to know who God is, to fear him, and to keep his commands. And that's what we want to do. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for these good words. And Dear Lord, we know that there are times for everything, even the things that we don't really enjoy. But God, whatever time we are in today or may be in in the future, help us through those times, dear Lord. Let us be in awe of you to know that you are in control, dear Lord. Let us find hope in Jesus Christ that, dear Lord, even though we go through ups and downs in this world, that through Jesus Christ, He died and rose so that we could have deliverance in the life to come. So God, let us place our hope not in what we see, but in what we don't see, and what is before us and what has been prepared for us through Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.